0: you welcome to another episode of sit with you and i'm your host your mind i just thought i'd sit down today because there's so many conversations that always happen in my head that i never get the chance to talk about and i think the biggest thing has been that i can't sit down by myself and have a conversation by myself because it seems weird right i think most podcasters are good at this they can have a conversation by themselves because they know they're having a conversation with someone else it's never a conversation by yourself it's it's like radio, right? You're talking to someone. One of the things that I haven't managed to do is to have an episode where I'm by myself. And I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to have shorter interval episodes between guests where I can talk about some of these thoughts that I'll be having. And some of the things I think about in my alone times. Things that I love to talk about and never get a chance to talk out loud about. And I've wanted to, but sometimes I just don't get around to it. Finally, it's happening, it's happening. This is the episode where, for the first time, I get to sit alone with you in studio. Welcome to sit with you. Just you and me today. And I'm going to share a poem that I did featuring Tashle with Zinza. It's called African Light. I did this poem for the So Creative Summit, and it was amazing to work with Tashle. So ladies and gentlemen, Tashle with Zinza and you mind African light. Enjoy.
1: Africa, you are more, a globe that cannot be deemed. The drumbeat of the motherland echoes our heartbeat, origins of our ancestors, finding our pride, taking ownership of a heritage that used to be passed down from fireplace to fireplace. Now we too are set ablaze, the fire alight, not on wood, or palates, but hearts and souls, dispelling the darkness we have been plunged into, convinced that's all we are. Switch on the light, Africa. In your identity, you caused the world to manifest, but the distortion settled, and you were convinced that you are less. They robbed you more and still call you less They plundered your riches and today call you poor. Rise up. Rise up. Africa, you are more. I
0: hope you enjoy that. This is something that we try to do on this podcast as much as we can. The reason I started this uh, podcast really mostly was to talk about these things that are hard, to talk about these things that I'm not too keen uh, to talk about because they're not easy conversations to have or sometimes it just feels weird to have these conversations um, or maybe to think it out loud and speak it out. It becomes weird. So yeah, today I thought I would just sit here and... Uh, talk about a few things one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot with the new year is like with every new year you get into the new year you're excited about the new year you bring out all your expectations you bring out all your resolutions and then what what i usually do is i like to reflect i look at the previous year i look at oh hey what were my goals in this last year i look at what were my desires So I look at stuff like, uh, have I achieved what I was uh, keen on in the last year? So I have different areas that I look at. I look at uh, the goals that I set for myself in my career, the goals that I set for myself in in, in my walk with the Lord, you know, spiritually, um, have I been reading the Word? Have I been growing? Then I look at like a relationship-wise, uh, my friends, my family. And then I look at my dating life and I'm like, okay, cool. What's, what's that looking like? Then I look at my social life. Have I been spending time more with people? Am I building relationships that last, relationships that matter? Relationships that have the sort of substance that I want, uh, that are not shallow, And don't go beyond the surface. I love to touch down. Like, if you know me, you will know that I'm a person who who, who loves to be real. I love to get to the real person beyond the surface. So, I don't really like fluff. I, I like people. I like to know people. I love to know that you think in a certain way and you're an intellectual. I love to have conversations that are intellectual. I love to be challenged. I love to be encouraged. But I also like to see and to, to to know the person that I'm in relationship with. So even with my family, the privilege of knowing me and being in relationship with me is um, to get to know the real me. So you will find that I'm more honest with you if I'm in real relationship with you. Uh, you'll find that I'm harder on you if I'm in relationship with you. I can tell you my mind. I... I'm okay to be in conflict with you if I'm in real relationship with you. Conflict doesn't scare me. I can speak truth to you, even when it's not um, something acceptable or something that you want to hear. So the privilege of being in relationship with me is you see me coming all out. I'm in a hundred. You get to see who I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, the unthought of, the unheard of. You you get to see it all. It comes out on the table. If I'm not in, in relationship with you, I'm not trying. I'm not going to show you who I am. I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm not going to show you who I am when the lights are turned off, you know. So those are the things that I put on the table. And I'm like, okay, what relationship grew this, grew this year? What relationship needs to go and what do I need to shut the door on? So. I absolutely do not like cycles. So when I look at relationships, if I have new friends, as I do some years, one of the keys that really shows me that God is moving in my life is he brings in new people. So when new relationships start to show up, I'm looking at where, where, where in the relationships am I a student? Who's the teacher? Where am I a teacher and someone is a student? Where am I being stretched and grown where is God taking me out of my comfort zone and, and nudging me and kicking me into a place of stretch and growth? So I always look at that and also I look at who's asking me out. <laughs> what sort of guys are asking me out? What are they saying? What are they doing? It's not so much what they say, it's what they do as well. That shows me the kind of men that they are. What are their priorities? What are their value systems? What are they looking at? So it's a lot of uh, thought processes that go in my mind and I weigh all these things. So I always look at that. Then when a new year comes, I look at, okay, so let's tick the boxes. Um, What grew last year? I look at last year and one of the things that I really wanted to do last year was to travel a lot to teach. And I had a lot of opportunities across the continent and then in, in across the world in the other parts of the world across um, the UK the US and some of the teachings I managed to do online I'm thankful for those and then there were some travel opportunities that fell through the cracks and I was really disappointed about that because I'd made so many business connections in the US and I was looking forward to clinching some deals and then they fell through some people died through COVID and then my visa got denied yeah newsflash my visa got denied so I couldn't go to a six-month teaching opportunity that I'd gotten which I was very excited about and I was really upset about that but during that time I remember learning that God is a God of yes and a God of no and that was really amazing for me to learn because I think in the early stages of my life I've seen so much of the favor of God and God was almost like a like a vending machine, it was always, yes, 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 you put in something, you get something out. There weren't that many no's, you know. The only area in my life where God has said no to me so far, very consistently, has been my area of relationships. And I won't jump into that much today, but I, I would want to talk about that a little later, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll have an episode, you, you must look out for that one, where we talk about the relationship episode and talk about um, why I'm single, yeah, but, and and when I'm I'm not gonna be single, and why that would be, but I I really, really was uh, disappointed about the no I got, for that because there there are a few uh, decisions I'd made around my life that had uh, been influenced by that one thing that I was going to do. Then I had to go back to the drawing board and start rethinking. Then Uganda happened, and I managed to go and teach in Uganda for six weeks, which was oh man, a good stretch it was a learning curve, it was a revelation moment, I saw so many of my strengths, I saw so much of the wisdom God has been putting in me, I saw so much of the woman that I'm becoming, and that he's been making me to be, I saw so much of the man I'd want, and the man that uh, he's growing me for, stretching me for, and the man I don't want, <laughs> we could talk about that some other day, man, it's been really fun. So mostly today, I think uh, one of the things I really wanted to do is just talk about the things that go through my mind when a year starts. And with this year, one of the things I have been prioritizing a lot is just uh, seeking the Lord, finding time to jump into the word. I started a Bible study group uh, last year and we we're about 20, 21 in this group. Uh, people from across the world just studying the Bible together. And we do a chapter a day. And he started us really slow. We did Titus. We did uh, the small books, Colossians, Philippians, Jude, Philemon. You know, we did uh, a few of those uh, small books. And one of the things I was learning was how much God prioritizes our study. And it doesn't need to be fast. It doesn't need to be something you do fast. But it's something that he wants you to do deep so when the lord takes you through the bible and he's teaching you something there's certain things he wants you to learn deep and he wants these things to take root so it's not so much how many chapters you read but it's how much of the word you actually capture and grasp and can apply in your life because that's how we become doers of the word and not only people that look at our, at the word and then forget about it you know james gives this analogy where you're like um reading the Word, but you're like, if you don't apply that Word in your life, you're like this man that looks at the, the, the image of himself in a mirror. And then when he's when he's gone away, it's like out of mind, out of sight. He doesn't remember what he looks like. So man, imagine forgetting your own reflection and, and not knowing what you look like. That's, that's the same thing when we don't apply the Bible and, and the Word in our lives. And I've been learning a lot in the Word of God. And what's been happening is that I do my daily devotional. And I have like a Bible-specific devotional that I do every morning and every night. And it just picks out a verse and and does a whole exegesis and goes hometown on this verse and just teaches so much from this one verse. And as I read verses, what happens as I read verses with me is God cross-references scripture in my head. So I could be reading a scripture like uh, Wait on the Lord, which is Psalm 27 verse 14 wait on the Lord, take courage. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. And then he cross references to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to, to 30, you know, stuff like that. Then uh, Psalm Psalm 40 pops up, verse one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry, you know, and, and he just does cross referencing scripture like that for me. So when I do this one devotional that touches on one verse, Holy Spirit activates, and, <laughs> and He takes me to other scriptures. So it's so much fun to read the Bible. And not only that, I can wake up with the scripture on my heart. Like I remember when, when I had the weight on the Lord, a scripture happened to me. Then He says to me, look up the Hebrew word for the word weight. And I went online, and I said, hey, Google, you're my friend. Tell me what this word is like in Hebrew. And, and the Hebrew word for, for weight is kava. And kava means to wait with eager expectation. It means to look expectantly. It's, it's, it's that, you know, you know, you know, you know that scripture that says more than the watchman wait for the rain. I wait for you, Lord. And I know genetics kind of coined this in a poem where she's talking about how you will find me gleaning behind the reapers and I will wait for you. And, and, and man, it's, it's just brilliant because uh, my brain kind of starts going on a mind mapping but with scripture and finding whatever relevant word has popped up from just the word wait. So it was interesting that Pastor Guignay from Center was speaking about Simeon and how he waited for the Savior, the Messiah. And his message was uh, the, the, like, like a hope, a hope that's waited in glory. And his waited was like W E. W-E-I-G-H-T, weight, as in weight, uh, the quantity and and weight of something, you know. And, and he was talking about how sometimes when we wait, God is taking us through a process because he wants the substance of what he is bringing us to be weighty. And it, it was really interesting that the Lord starts this whole bringing all these things together just from the word kava and when i looked at it, it 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 just took me back to you know the importance of what paul says that patience has to have a mature work a perfect work in us so when i'm when i'm when i'm reading the bible these are the things that are happening in my head then so that's what happens from this one devotional then when i read a chapter I go online as well. YouTube has good overviews for chapters of the Bible that you read. And then I go and read an overview. Chuck Swindle has amazing overviews of scriptures. So I go and I read what Chuck Swindle says. Then I go to Desiring God. Then I go to the different places that pop up and have this huge... Uh, article on what it means to wait on God and I just get fed and my spirit just gets fed and I just feel that stretch in me and I know that there's something that God is depositing in me for where I am going he needs me to remember and remember what the word says Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes he will take from me and he will teach you from there and he will bring all truth and 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 it says that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will bring to remembrance what I've said to you. So when you're when you're reading Scripture and you're ingesting it and you're digesting it and you're putting it into your system, and it's not like you're applying every Scripture that you get, but what happens with Holy Spirit is that He goes in and He grabs the Scripture and and He brings it, you know, He brings it to your situation and it comes alive. So when I'm looking at, okay, so what does it look like to wait? And He says to be expectant, and I start to think. When have I ever been expectant in my life? And I remembered growing up, my mom would would celebrate our birthdays in in the most unique way. So whenever it was the tenth of April, man, I'd go to bed expecting I'd be excited. I wouldn't even know if I'm going to catch sleep. (laughs) I would sleep by the grace of God, man. Because I would be so excited. I'd be my stomach would be going in and out. I'd be so nervous, nervous, excited energy. It would be doing uh (laughs) it would be doing pitfalls and, and jumps and all those things that like somersaults inside my stomach. Then I'd go to bed but I wouldn't completely sleep because every hour I'm waking up and thinking is it 12 midnight yet because I would anticipate that my mom would come at 12 midnight because I knew she would. Then my mom would wake us up and sing happy birthday at 12 midnight. And even if the cake is not there, mind just that knowing she's going to sing for me. I'm going to be special at that moment. She knows I'm special. She's celebrating the reason I was born. She she knows I'm important and she's just validating and affirming that I'm important. There's a reason why I'm here. And the whole family's there singing happy birthday to you. How old are you now? We love you. And I go into the day, I go back to beard and then my sisters will, will draw something they'll make something and it wasn't even fancy when I was growing up my sisters could take a piece of paper from a 32-paged notebook with lines on it or like a blank paged um uh, paper from a from a blank uh, art art sketchbook and then draw a little card and say, hey, Sissy, it's your birthday. We love you so much. You're, we're so happy you're our sister. You know, we want you to have a good day. And then if they have money, they buy me mints. They give me a sweet each. They give me chocolate. It, it wasn't even about what I get. It was about the importance, the value that was placed on me on my birthday. And I would anticipate. I would wait with battered breath. And then my mom would make a cake, definitely, and then we would have this cake. And then <laughs> unlike me, I could wait I could wait stuff out. Brah would wait stuff out. My my mom would bring the cake home and then we'd wait for that moment after we've eaten to cut the cake because then everyone's gonna be looking at me. Everyone's gonna be waiting for me to cut the cake. And then my older sister, oh shame bless her heart. She wouldn't she wouldn't know how to wait, so Half the time, she's always coming to me and scratching me and saying, when are you going to cut the the cake? And I'm like, wait for it. And then this one time, she cut my cake. Guys, she cut the cake. I saw the cake, turn the cake around in one slice, cut out of the cake on the other end of the cake. Oh, man, I was so upset with her. She couldn't wait. But I would wait. Because at this moment now, everyone is looking at me. All eyes are on me, and I know how important I am. My mom was into confectionery. So she would bake the cake and bring it home. And my sister couldn't wait. I, I, I've I, learned to wait on stuff because my whole life I've, 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 I've learned that waiting for things uh, matters. Um, you wait for things that matter. You wait for things that are important. And good things definitely come to those who wait. So then we'd sing happy birthday and the cake, I'd cut the cake and everyone would get a slice of the cake and everyone would enjoy the cake. And it was just a special moment. I don't have a sweet tooth, but up to this moment, the reason I buy cake on my birthday is so that I can share it because there's something amazing about sharing a moment like that with close people that you value in your life. That's why birthdays are so important to me. Birthdays are important because they affirm your your purpose for being, that you are important and God made you. And that there's a reason for your being here and existing on earth. The second thing is that they affirm uh, who you are as a person. That you are made in the image of God and you are important. And that uh, you are in the right family. And that there was no mistake in your getting here and how you got here the family you were, you were born into was not a mistake. The, 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 the friends you have, you can choose the friends you have, but the family that you got was something that God gave you as a gift. So that's something so amazing. Anywho, that's, that was not the point, I segue, The point was that waiting in anticipation like that is the meaning of the word chava. It's when you wait eagerly with an absolute knowing that it will happen. So remember, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we do not see. It's, it's kind of understanding and having evidence already before you even have it. I don't even know how to explain this, but it's waiting with the knowing that it's going to happen. So yeah, so those are some of the things that excite me when, when I look and reflect on a year and when I look at a new year and, and I'm thinking about, so what is it that I'm focusing on? So how I grow spiritually is a big one. How am I applying myself in the tasks that I'm doing? So it's not about getting the job done, even though I'm very good at getting the job done. I'm that one person that will do a job and I'm reliable. And this is something that wherever I worked, when I leave, uh, my bosses are always saying, man, we wish we could keep you here because you're so reliable and you understand the vision and you execute the vision. I remember my last boss, oh man, I loved her. She, she says to me, you have no idea how much it, it has meant having you work with me because I felt like there's never been a person so in sync with my vision like you are. So that's been, that was quite high praise to hear from anyone and for her to cry when I left, I was like, yo, I know today if ever I went to her and I was stranded and I didn't have a, a job and I really needed a place to be, they'd be home for me there. That's also very important. I hope that you guys have a Bible study program that you're doing or you are learning to feed your soul and your spirit. Feed your spirit. It will uphold your soul in times when your soul's weak and doesn't know what to do. I always look at what things keep my love basket full. So I acknowledge myself. I love myself. I take time to be by myself because that's how I recharge. But I also do things that I enjoy. So a lot of the things that I did a lot of last year was going out. I did a lot of breakfasts and lunches with close friends. But I also did breakfasts and lunches by myself just to order a pot of rooibos by myself and sit with God and have rooibos. (laughs) The me alone chronicles, you know, just uh, having a pot of rooibos tea with God and my journal, and just sit there and say, how do I feel in this moment? One of the biggest lessons that I've learned is, what does success look like to me? Is it attaining things? Is it hoarding stuff? What does it look like? And one of the things that I know now is success to me is when I can sit with myself, and find joy in the moment, and be happy with every achievement I've made in my life. Not necessarily because I've attained a certain level in society, but because I've done what I'm called to do and I've, I've done it to the best of my ability. And I've not taken anyone in my life for granted. I've maximized on the relationships I have, even as I wait for more relationships to come. I'm making sure that the ones I have are not bankrupted. So I'm making time for me. I'm making time for my family. I'm making time for my friends. And filling that basket of love means spending time with my nieces and my nephews, uh, making them know that they are loved, Not because of what they do, but who they are. And uh, being able to bring that truth out so much that they they know that. Uh, I don't love them for anything they will ever do, but I love them for who they are and because they're mine, you know. And being able to, to learn to forgive, to learn to find joy in hard times, being able to be happy even when I don't have everything that I've ever wanted in the world. Man, I've, I've just really realized that success is peace. It's peace with God. It's peace with man. It's peace with myself. It's, it's understanding that I'm happy with who I am as a person. I'm not a bitter person. I'm this person that loves life and being able to do whatever I can. With my life and where I am, being able to travel is brilliant. Being able to learn from life and being able to be called out by someone. You know, when a friend calls me out and says, you know what? What you did here, sis, was really unacceptable. I don't accept this and it's wrong. And being able to say, I acknowledge that I did you wrong. I'm so sorry. And being able to sit with that and to say, I'm sorry I did that. And I see things differently from you, but I will be better. And I will work on being better. Man, it's, it's just been some of the amazing, joyous moments in 2022 for me. And getting into 2023, I've grown as a person because I, I'm so self-aware. I'm not pushed by people. I know I've had a lot of people kind of pushing me to go to, go to the UK, to relocate, to move. And it's brilliant. I mean, it's a tempting idea. I want to move. Uh, I know it would be easier for me to do life abroad. But I don't think it's the time for it yet. I might move in the future and I plan to. But I think what matters to me the most in this, in this space I'm in is just knowing that I'm right where I need to be. And I'm just going to share a journal entry with you guys. Ah, no way. I didn't mean to do this. I don't like doing this. So you'll hear a flipping of a page. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, some of the things I've learned in the last year. And I'm just going to share a few nuggets. I might not even get as personal as I want to get. In this year, I'm going to try and get as more vulnerable as I can. Yeah, man. As I look at this journal entry, I'm, I'm looking at how just reflecting on some of the lessons I learned last year has just been so good for me. And one of the big ones is the importance of commitment. And not just the importance of commitment alone, but commitment done right. To the right people, the right at the right time, uh, for the right reasons. And I'm just gonna jump into the Bible a little bit, and we'll look at this story. But man, it's amazing. The Bible is interesting because it takes it, it tells us a story about two kings, one who was righteous in the sight of God, and another who was absolutely evil. First Kings chapter twenty two, and we hear of their friendship. Ah uh, and it's verse four and he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. So this righteous friend ties himself to Ahab, one of the most wicked kings of the Bible. If you look, this was Jezebel's husband, that queen who was evil and wanted to kill people of God and slaughtered many. Now Jehoshaphat uh, partners himself with this guy. And this guy is cunning. Man, let me jump to verse 29 to 33 real quick and read it to you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the thirty-two captains of his chariots, Fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. And when the captives of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is surely the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And when the captains of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. Man, he, he was going to be killed because Ahab had a plan. Make Jehoshaphat the scapegoat. And he can go back to his house, to his throne, alive. And this friend that has said to him in an oath, I am as you are. My people as your people, my horses as your horses. He's pledged his very life to this guy, but this guy is not on the same level as he is. So, what fellowship has light with darkness? You cannot be unequally yoked. There are partnerships that you mustn't get into. And as I'm getting into 2023, I'm like, whoa, I should not partner with just anybody, whether it's dating, it's marriage, it's business, it's friends, it's anything else as long as it's a serious commitment i cannot do this to myself because a righteous friend can provide a link to a blessing and favor from god because they encourage you towards a godly lifestyle on the other hand like ahab an unrighteous friend can be a binding chain to every kind of evil leading you into terrible bondage. If you look down at the story of Jehoshaphat, I wish I could do a a study on it. I, I hope that in this year somehow I'll find time to really go deep into this. But Jehoshaphat trusted his son and married him off to Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab. And this is where their friendship and their connection was. They even linked their families together so a lineage would come out of it. But what? How does light come together with darkness and expect that light will come out? What was wrong with this picture? And Jehoshaphat gets into this and the guy almost has him killed. Praise the Lord, he escaped somehow. But in the future, we see that his son ruled badly because he had a bad connection. And that's something we can talk about at length. I hope I have time to do a study on this friendship in the future and we can talk about it. But oh man, it just hit me. Commitment to the wrong things, and wrong partnerships can be the worst thing you do in uh, 2023. So what fascinates me is that the story doesn't end there. Second Kings chapter 10 verse 11 just talks about that. You guys would want to look at that. Jehu then comes on the scene years later, and everyone who's a friend to Ahab is killed because they're his friends. They're collateral damage by association. So they get killed. All of Ahab's friends get killed because they're his friends. When the judgment of God comes, because God condemns Ahab, and then he, he judges him, and he says, this is how you will die. This is what will happen to your house. So he talks about how Ahab will die. He talks about how Jezebel will die. And then Jehu, the man on a mission, is now sent, and he's the one that gets to kill all these people. Aish. So that's the lesson, that's it, that's the lesson. I know that when we think about commitment, most of the times we think about marriage and dating, but really any serious relationship that you could be involved in and the importance of what it is to weigh that, to weigh that commitment. Just weighing it uh, along the lines of do not be unequally yoked, do not have dangerous partnerships. What fellowship has light with darkness? That really struck out to me. And then one of the things I learned about myself is I'm, I'm okay with being alone. Uh, I, I like being alone. I don't like being lonely, but I like to be alone. So there's a difference with you learning to be away from crowds and being okay with being by yourself. That's something I'm taking away with, with me into 2023. Then whatever I have been exposed to, I have access to. And so much of what God has exposed me to in the last decade, in this new decade that I'm getting into, there is access to some of that stuff. So that's something that really uh, stood with me and I'm taking it with me into this new year. God desires to give us quality of life and He's the way, the truth, and the life. And you can only get quality of life through Him. You can't cut corners. He's not the God of shortcuts. He doesn't want me manufacturing and creating my own my own answers in life. So that's that's really been, been exciting for me. And just understanding that there's a place I need to arise from and take in my generation and be an influencer and the things that I'm called to. I'm called to be an atmosphere changer and a pace setter for my generation. And I know that I have in me abilities to bring forth solutions for myself, for individuals and for nations. And he's called me for nations. I'm, I'm called to be a voice for my generation. I'm called to be a gift in my generation. And I don't take it lightly. So to align myself with the full purposes of God, to really yield and say, my life is yours, God. And to change the way that I see things, to have the eyes of God and, and to be able to speak into things in my life and, and to say no to certain things that what I give access to my life can control me. And can take over because whatever you give the enemy access to, he takes a foothold and he takes over. So, yeah, it, it's just been really, really amazing the things that I, I've, been, I've been learning. Um, yeah, but mostly I think one of the things that I've learned and that continues to be something that the Lord says to me is, just be comfortable in your own skin and be you. Don't run someone else's race. Don't wear another person's armor don't be anything else that you are not called to be don't compare yourself with others be who you are meant to be completely and fully and without apology and that's something that the woman in me is beginning to understand more 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 and more of and i hope that my rumblings (laughs) my rumblings this this morning have made some difference and you can relate with it because i mean i just wanted to have a conversation where I get past the fear of being alone. I don't know how DJs do this. DJs, kudos to you. <laughs> how do you sit in a room by yourself? Like, honestly, how do you sit in a room by yourself and have a conversation all that time? Like,
1: all, all day, air day.
0: I don't see that happening with me. It's a scary thing to do, but hey, here's to first. Man, go get 2023. Be everything that you're meant to be and be yourself enjoy being in your own skin and get everything god has for you have joy be happy enjoy life you only have one life and man, man I, i'm telling you that i found ways to be at peace joyful and happy it is possible to be happy with no scent in your pocket i've been there <laughs> happiness is that homebred chicken that sits there to stay it's not like a bird that flies away. It's there to stay. So if you find it, enjoy it. I'm I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. I'm not where I'm, I'm anticipating or planning to be or the things that I've wanted to have have not yet all come to me, but I'm in such a good place. I'm in a place of peace and joy and happiness. And I'm so grateful to God. If I died today, I would be the most fulfilled individual in the world because... I came, I saw, I did my part, and I am fulfilled in this moment, and I'm grateful. So, hey, here's two more episodes of Sitting with You Guys. Yeah, man. Find your joy. I'm out.